Come on. All right, J.D. <laughs> All right, like Dustin said, my name is Jeremy. I am the assistant pastor here, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this morning. Uh, I've got a message to bring this morning that's kind of been on my heart for a while now. Um, but I, I also want to say a, a big happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, unlike Justin, I am not a father, so it's exciting for me to get to say uh, happy Father's Day to you guys. Um, there have been a lot of men in this church that have, that have kind of taken me under their wings. I don't live with my parents. Um, they're in Michigan, and so I just appreciate all the, all the men in here that have, that have done anything for me and done a lot for me um, since I moved down here to Kentucky. So thank you guys for that. Um, we're going to get into a message that is a pretty unique situation for me. Um, it's something that I've never done. I've never preached a message like this before. Um, now, now preparing it, uh, Justin told me that uh, he has. And so, you know, in that sense, he did it last week. But uh, it, it's unique for me, and it's going to be a junk drawer message. Um, Justin's talked about those before. Those are not messages that we don't like, that we don't want to, we care about. It's, they're messages that don't really fit into a series um, anywhere else. And so we think they're important. And like I said, this is one that's been on my heart for a while now. And I didn't realize how much it had been on my heart until. I started preparing for this message until I knew I was doing a junk drawer thing. And I was looking back at my notes, um, my notes from Sunday mornings, my notes from in my journals and that kind of thing that I'm writing. And I'm sorry, Justin, but sometimes uh, I feel like God talks to me here and I write notes that have nothing to do with the messages being given, but I feel like it's God talking to me. And so I write them down um, and I keep track of them. And one thing has just been coming up over and over and over again. And it's this idea that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, okay? Faith is spelled risk. And that is, uh, it's actually a vineyard distinctive. Um, if you guys were with us, it's been two and a half years now. January of 2019 is when we did a series called Core. And Justin and I gave some messages on what, we are, what the vineyard distinctives are. And those are ideas, um, concepts, ideologies that, that the Vineyard USA movement um, holds central. Okay? It's, it's things that, uh, that most vineyards that you go into will kind of be following these ideas um, in one way or another. And so that's what this is. That's what faith is spelled R-I-S-K is actually one of those. And this message that I gave two and a half years ago uh, was the first time that I got to preach to you guys. It was the first message that I'd ever given as a pastor of a church, period. It was the first time I'd ever spoken to adults Okay, <laughs> I was the youth guy, and so I've done some kids stuff. I've done some youth things. I've done some youth messages before that, but this was the first time that I had given a message to a group of adults, and it was exciting. I was ready for it. Um, I was not a pastor before this point. Um, this was the first Sunday that Justin announced me as being the assistant pastor here, and like I said before that, I was the youth guy. Okay, that was what the title was. Uh, I actually didn't know Justin for the three months when he first got here, little known thing. Um, Justin and I were not acquainted before he came here from Richmond to, to Frankfurt to take over this vineyard and be, make us Capital Vineyard. I didn't know Justin. And I think, I might be wrong, but I think Justin has told me that Daniel once told him when he first got here that don't worry, we've got a youth guy. His name's Jeremy, right? But I didn't know Justin. <laughs> I didn't know Justin. I was in Michigan that summer doing a camp, and so I had no idea who Justin was. He didn't know me from anybody else, and so, uh, but he inherited me, right? He just inherited a Jeremy, and I was here, um, kind of grew on him like a, like a nice foot fungus, and I'm still here, and so it's been good. Um, but I wasn't a pastor, okay? I, I really, I, I Never thought I was going to be um, until I met Justin and he started talking to me about it. I never expected God to move my life in this way. And uh, so I didn't 
have any experience leading a church. Okay? I didn't have any experience being in any sort of leadership role, but I will tell you that I had seen some things, um, being a part of churches, being at churches, hearing stories about churches. I had seen some things and recognized some things about church leadership that I knew that I did not want to do, okay? One of the biggest things that I knew that I did not want to do was I did not want to burn people out. I never wanted to be the guy. I never wanted to be that guy, right? And that's a lot of different things. But I never wanted to be that guy when it came to my leadership, my leaders in the youth and in the church. I never wanted to be the guy that pushed people to just do more, serve more in the church, give more in the church, spend more time doing things in the church. I never wanted to be that guy because I'd seen it. I'd seen it burn people out. Um, I'd heard stories of people burning it out. Um, and I never wanted to do that. And I learned early on in meeting Justin that he and I were on the same page. We were not trying to burn people out. We were not trying to guilt or shame or condemn people into serving in the church, into being a part of our church. And I'll tell you, I have loved every youth leader I've ever had. I've loved them. I have had Daniel and Justin and Tim and Paula and Kelly and, and uh, Ian Green. He was with me for a while. Now I've got Roxanne and, and Beth. And I've loved every one of them, but I've never wanted them to feel like I was forcing them to stay. Okay? A lot, some of them have, have had to move on from the youth, and I've never wanted to guilt anybody to stay. I don't look badly at them for not staying. I never wanted to be that guy. All that to say, <laughs> I went back and listened to my message from two and a half years ago. Okay? Faith is spelled risk. I went back and listened to it, and first of all, if you've ever listened to yourself public speak... <laughs> It's, it's rough, okay? Justin will tell you, he told me it's not a good thing, okay? And there's, so there's some like cringy things that I say that I'm like, ah, just stop saying it, right? Just stop, stop using that word, okay? And so outside of that, outside of it being like uh, that kind of experience, I quickly realized that my understanding of faith is spelled R-I-S-K was a do more message. I was not there. I did not want to be that guy. I did not want to be giving that message. But I went back and I listened. And the first thing I did in that message was talk about what Jesus did in his life. All of the things that Jesus did in his life that were risky. The things that, even from like, just his birth, right? It was risky. And then all the things he did throughout his ministry that were risks. And my takeaway was, we need to do those things. We need to do the risky things. We need to do more things that scare us. We needed to do more. I might have used the word do or doing a hundred times in that message. And that wasn't me. I was not trying to be that guy in that church. And so as I got to thinking about this message and looking at my notes and everything, I realized that that phrase had come up so many times because my understanding of faith is spelled R-I-S-K has changed dramatically, okay? August of 2019, that's seven months after I gave that message, we as a church dove into a quote-unquote new, I guess, idea, um, a, a new thing that we're diving into, and it's God's endless grace. Right? The endless grace of God is what we started diving into as a church, and what that means, what it really means to live in the freedom of God's grace. And so my understanding from January of 2019 to now of this idea has changed dramatically. Because my old understanding was 
Do more risky things. Live your life by doing the things that scare you. Do more. Oh, hey And now my understanding of our faith is faith being spelled R-I-S-K is that our faith is risky thing to live in. Our faith, the faith that I'm living in is risky to live in. Okay, so this morning I'm gonna dive into that. We're gonna unpack that a little bit this morning, okay? And the first thing I did this week with unpacking it was understand what faith is. What does the word faith mean? I'm even gonna put it up there for us, okay? The word faith, right? It's confidence or trust in a person, thing, or concept. Confidence or trust in a person, thing, or concept. All right, that's pretty easy. We trust things. We have confidence in things. I, I get that. All right, so then my next question was, what is my faith in? What is my faith in right now? Since, since I've been growing in my faith, what is my faith in? And it was pretty easy for me to come up with uh, uh, what is my faith in because I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing in this idea that my faith is in the grace of God, that God's grace is enough, that that's all I need is God's grace, is the grace of God. And that's what my faith is in. I trust that. I trust that what Jesus did on the cross was enough. There's nothing I have to do. What Jesus did, that's all it takes. And so <laughs> it's hard to find like one scripture that really brings all that idea out because there's so much um, and, and I'm still unpacking a lot of it myself. But um, this morning, we're gonna look at, we're gonna look at what, something that Paul said in the book of Romans when it comes to, to this idea of grace, all right? It's Romans 5, 18 through 21. It says, so then, as through one offense, the result was condemnation to all mankind. So also through one act of righteousness, the result was justification of all life to all mankind. For as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one, the many would be made righteous. The law came in so that the offense would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what my faith is in. That grace abounds over all of it. That sin is dead. I'm dead to sin and I'm living in this new life. So I'm sure that there are a lot of people in here that are like, all right, whoo, I like it, right? I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm with you with grace, okay? We've been talking about it. This is not the first message we've given on grace in this church. If you've been with us since August of 2019, we've been talking about it nonstop since then. And we're not ashamed of that. We're gonna keep talking about it, okay? But this is not the first time we've heard it. So you guys are like, yeah, let's go, grace. Why is that risky? What of that grace is risky for me? Well, I'm gonna break that down, okay? I got a couple of things this morning that, that, that really show that grace, living in that grace can be risky, okay? The first thing is this. Trusting that Jesus did it all is risky. It is risky for us to trust that Jesus did it all. Because if we're trusting that Jesus did it all, that means that we are accepting that we cannot do it. That there's nothing that we can do to change what Jesus did or to get more of what Jesus did, right? We've got to accept that Jesus paid it all for us on the cross. We're going to do a little, little, little uh, activity this morning. It's not really an activity, but... Uh, um, what if I had told you guys, 
when you walked in, actually, now that you guys have sat down, what if I told you guys that this week, Justin and I endeavored to clean all the chairs, okay? We took them all apart and uh, put them back together, and we ended up with a bag full of screws. <laughs> and we chalked it up to found some extra parts while we were doing it, okay? Now, if I had told you guys that before you sat down, what would you have done when you sat down in your chair? I don't know about you, but I'd been like, whoa, nuh-uh. I'm not sitting in that chair. I'd have checked it. I'd have shook it. I'd have picked it up and looked at it. Okay? What if we trusted Jesus in the same way we trust some sure things in our lives, like a chair? What if we trusted Jesus in the same way we trusted a chair? Right? We sit down. You guys all just plop down in those chairs. I did too. <laughs> we just plop down in those chairs trusting that that chair was going to be okay. Right? It was not going to fall over. It hasn't fallen over yet right? Everybody else sat down and was okay, so we all sat down, right? So what if we trusted Jesus like that, where we just trusted that Jesus was there, and he's just going to be there, and it's just going to be good? Better question, what if we trusted chairs in the way that we trust Jesus? How do you, how do you think it would go if every time you walked up to a chair and you had to go and shake that chair, pick that chair up, check all the screws. I don't know, I've sat in some, some recliner side kind of chairs. I'm not going to take a recliner apart just to sit in it and make sure it's all there, right? What if, we trusted, what if we trusted chairs the way we trust Jesus, right? We make a mistake. We mess up in our, in our relationship with God. We do something, we say something, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, no, man, what do I got to do, God? I can't. I made a mistake. I got to do something to get back into that relationship because I did it. I did something wrong. I need to do more, right? I need to go out and do more. I got I to give more this week. I got to serve more this week. I've got to go out and do that thing because I messed up. Not because I want to, but because I messed up. What about that? How would that look in our lives if we trusted chairs that way? How many of you guys have a favorite spot at your house? I got a favorite spot, like a favorite seat to sit in. I got one of those. My roommate and I in college, we got recliners, matching leather recliners, it was wonderful. Uh, it was a great choice. Uh, we sat in those recliners all the time. Our senior years, our senior year, we, we spent more time in those recliners than classes, okay? Um, we slept in those things. We watched chapel in those things. That was my spot, okay? What if every time I went out and I saw a new chair, I had to go back and check my chair? Is it going to fall? I got out of it this morning, but I sat in a chair in chapel, so now I'm going I'm to check this old chair, make sure it's not going to fall apart. What if you had to do that in your spot? Every time, every time you left the house and you came back, you had to inspect your favorite spot before you could sit down. How uncomfortable would that be? Right? And yet, we do that in our faith all the time. That is something we do in our faith all the time, right? We go out in the world and we have this understanding, at least I have this understanding of grace, of God's grace and, and trusting in that and what Jesus did. And then we go out in the world and someone says something to us like, ah, are you sure that's really how it works? That seems like it might be a little too easy. I don't know. I don't know if I can just go ahead and trust that, right? You're saying, you're saying that, that I'm already forgiven? You're saying that I don't have to do anything else? No, that's, that's a little too easy. That looks a little bit too neat, right? Or, or you're saying I, I've got to give up the control here? You're saying that I can't work harder to earn my spot? Is that really what you're telling? No, I can't believe that. And then they say, well, you've got it wrong, okay? I know, I, no, 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 no. 
That, that grace thing, that can't be enough. Look what, the, look what it says here, right? Look, at what, look what this scripture says. Look what, look what this one says. And, and all of a sudden, we go back to our, our faith, our grace that we've been living in, and we go, ah, well, I got to go back and inspect that, right? I got to go back and, and re-figure this whole thing out because I trusted, and then I went out and heard something new or, or heard something different, and all of a sudden, I don't know if I can trust anymore. We do it in our faith all the time. Can you imagine how exhausting it would be to live your life like that in the real world, to, to check a chair every single time you sat down, to have to take apart your spot every time you sat down just because you weren't sure you could trust it because, I don't know, I saw some other chairs and they were pretty nice. I don't know if mine is still good. That is an exhausting thing to do. It's risky for us to live in this faith. It's risky for us to trust what Jesus did was enough because a lot of people have a lot of stuff to say about it. In fact, most people have a lot to say about it. And this is what happens. We trust that Jesus paid it all. We trust in the grace of God. And all of a sudden people are like, well, you know what? You're just doing that because, you know, you want to live your life however you want to live it, and you're just going to believe that God, God saved you, right? That's, that's easy. That's a, that's a pass, right? It's a free pass. Do whatever you want, and, and God's going to forgive? <laughs> you're, just, you're just trying to get a free pass here, right? People are going to say that to us. They're going to say, yeah, I can't believe that you actually believe that you're forgiven for things. I can't believe you think that you don't have to do more, right? Paul Paul responds to that again. We're going to go back to Romans. Paul responds to that a little bit here in Romans. Romans 6, verse, verse 1 through 4, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin so that grace may increase? Far from it. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. People back in Paul's day knew that it was risky to believe in this Jesus thing, right? To trust in this Jesus thing. They, they knew it was risky. It's not new that it's a risk. This is something they've been dealing with. And Paul says, look, guys, you think it's a free pass. Right, but if I died to sin, why would I go live in it? If I'm dead to that thing, I'm not gonna go live in that thing. I've been made new. I've been born again, right? I get, I, I'm living in a new life. As John would say, right? Jo Justin talked about John in our Dear John letters. John compares it to light and dark, right? Light and dark are not good and evil, but in John's phrases, John's terms, light is walking in the truth, right? Walking with no shame, no fear, in freedom, while, while darkness is walking and, and being ashamed, hiding in fear of condemnation, hiding in your shame, right? That's what John's talking about, and that's what, that's what Paul is talking about, and that's the, that's, that's the second thing that's risky. It's risky to walk in the light. Walking in the light is a risk that we're taking because walking in the light, it lets our vulnerabilities out, Okay? It lets our vulnerabilities hang out there for some people, okay? And I don't know how many of you guys hunt. I know JD hunts. How many people hunt here? 
Yeah, all right. Uh, vulnerabilities are what we like to shoot for, right? <laughs> we like to shoot for them vulnerabilities when we're trying to hunt something, okay? Because as, as mammals, as creatures, we have an instinct, a natural instinct to cover up our vulnerabilities, right? To not let those things hang out there because why? Well, because if I let my vulnerabilities out, I'm gonna get hurt. Something is gonna hurt me whether that's a person or uh, walking past a tree, I'm gonna get jabbed with a stick, whatever it might be, I'm gonna get hurt if I let my vulnerabilities just hang out. And so we like to cover those vulnerabilities up. But walking in the light, trusting in Jesus, the grace of God, trusting in our faith, having faith in grace means that we walk in the light with no fear, no shame, right? Not hiding from anything. And that's risky because guess what? People are not all walking in the light with us, right? And so there are people, we, we, have, we have friends, we have family, we have people that we've called brothers and sisters our whole lives, that when they see us walking in the light, they're going to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, cover that back up. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't let that out there. We can't let people see that, okay? Especially not on a Sunday morning. We're here in church. Keep that thing away, okay? It's risky because we might get hurt. It's risky because living in God's grace extends to us, giving God's grace. And so when we walk in the light and other people walk in the light with us, all of a sudden people are like, hold on, what? Do you know what she's done? Do you know what he said the other day? And you're, you're gonna associate with that person? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can really be around you if that's what's gonna happen. And I'm not talking about people who we don't know. I'm not talking about people who are, you know, we just walk past on the road. Again, these are people in our lives, friends, family, brothers and sisters who might not be walking in the light right alongside us. And so when we invite other people to walk in the light and they let their vulnerabilities hang out and people see what they've done and here as a church, We've invited people. We are continually inviting people to live in the light, to walk in that light. People see that and they go, hold on here. Your church is full of sinners. What are you talking about? What are you guys doing? You had to clean it up in there, okay? You got a lot of people in there who are not doing great things because we're walking in the light. We're not ashamed of those things. We are walking together with Jesus through those things. We're not hiding from him. We're not hiding from each other. Now I know that doesn't, we're not supposed to come in here and just spew out everything that's ever happened in our lives, guys. That's not what we're asking. That's not what I'm talking about, right? But there are definitely people in here that, that probably know your vulnerabilities. And it's okay that people in here know your vulnerabilities, but it's risky because those people who aren't walking in the light, they're going to say things. <laughs> they're going to talk. 
You might have people that walk away from you. You might have friends who are more, more of acquaintances now because you've associated yourself with a fellow believer that's walking in the light. It doesn't look great. It doesn't always look clean, does it? But that's okay. We're living in God's grace. It doesn't have to be clean. We are working, we are spending our lives working towards cleaning that up. It doesn't have to be clean right now. But it's risky. It's risky to just trust that, to believe that the grace is enough. What are people gonna say? What are people gonna think if they hear who I'm talking to, if they know what church I go to? I haven't talked to Justin about it yet, but, but I, I, I believe, I believe and I think he agrees with me that the time is coming that we are gonna be looked at by some other churches as that church where all the sinners hang out because we don't ask people to come in and hide. We are not inviting people into the darkness here. We are inviting people into a place where they get to live in the light. And that's scary. That's risky because we're gonna be that church, right? People are gonna look at us and they're gonna say, oh, you go to that church. Oh, okay, sorry. We won't talk about it then, right? It's risky. But let me tell you guys something. It is freeing. There is freedom in God's grace, right? It's not risky because it's something that holds us down and hurts us. It's risky because it's freeing, because there's freedom here. And if we believe, we believe that God is working in us, right? We trust, I trust that God is working in me. I also have to trust that God is working in other people, right? So those people that are walking in the light right alongside me, God is working in those lives as well. So there's no reason for them to walk in the, in the darkness. There's no reason for there to be any shame or condemnation. Because I'm walking in the light. They're walking in the light. If God can work on me, surely to goodness he can work on everybody else, right? If God can change my life, Surely to goodness, he can change everyone else's life. And there's freedom in that. You guys can come back, come back up here, okay? I hope <laughs> that this new idea for me, uh, this new understanding of faith is spelled risk, did not come across as something that pushes you guys away from grace, because that is not at all what it is, Okay? It is not at all something that should put us, push us away from God's grace because it's risky. Yeah, it's a little risky. But man, there is freedom in living life with people, walking life with people who are also walking in the light with you, where you don't have to hide yourself when you walk in this room. When you walk into this place, when you interact with somebody, you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not because we are free from that condemnation. Trusting that Jesus paid it all, that Jesus did everything for us, that we don't have to 
frees us to not have to give more and serve more and do more because we have to, because that's how our relationship works. It frees us to give more, to do more, to serve more because we want to. Not because we have to, but because we want to. We truly want to do that. We get to love people, not because we're supposed to, not because God tells us that we need to love people, but because we truly love people that are walking in the light with us. So while having trust and faith in God's grace might be a little bit risky, I promise it's worth it. The freedom that I have been walking in, learning to walk in since August of 2019 is completely and utterly freeing. And I want to invite you guys to walk in that light this morning, forever. Step into that light with us. Step into this relationship of God's grace with us. Now that doesn't mean just go ahead and dump it all out on somebody that's here this morning. You don't have to pour it all out this morning, okay? But take a step, take a step in walking in that light because it's so freeing. It's so freeing. Why don't you guys stand on back up? We're gonna continue in worship this morning, okay? And I just want you guys to, to, to think about that as we go into this. We've got a new song and Justin's gonna introduce it right here. But let's just dive into that, into God's grace together.